Welcome to the Lifelinks Podcast, all you sassy Latinas. This is where you come to hear stories that resonate with you, help you discover your true cultural identity, tossing off the need to fit in, and standing out with your authenticity, because that is your superpower. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, and also the creator of this content. If there's anything you'd like to share, please reach out to us on our Instagram social media at lifelinks, that's L-N-X-X, or through our website at thelinks.com. Of course, come here for some love and chat sessions with our fab guests from the comunidad. Sit back, have your cafecito, maybe some vino, whatever you like, we are bringing the sisterhood to you. Hola, chicas. Welcome to the Lifelinks Podcast as we start up April, capturing Easter, Earth Day, and my daughter's wedding in Tuscany. Oh, so much to look forward to, and even the small yet vital need for some sun and calm. I know I talk about it often in these last few episodes, but for anyone not here in the U.S., oh my Lord, the entire country is seeing some kind of weather pattern that is prehistoric for sure. And I hope this episode finds you all safe with loved ones as this weather continues to go just wacko. So today, just take a moment from any heavy thinking and lean into the world today as we engage with Flavia Cornejo, a Peruvian solo travel expert and founder of Latina Traveler, a company focused on showing women of color how to travel on their own safely and with confidence. Flavia has acquired two master's degrees in the travel industry and has already been to 35 countries and 32 states here in the U.S. And her first solo trip, you won't even guess the age she was during her first solo trip and taking care of a younger sibling. Really excited to learn some tips and advice and hear that encouragement from Flavia. So welcome to the Lifelinks podcast, Flavia. I really appreciate you taking the time and even rescheduling this so often for you to be here in your busy, adventurous life. No, thank you, Consuelo. I know life comes up and that's completely normal, but I'm really excited to have this chat with you today. Where are you coming from today in your life of adventurous traveling? Yeah, right now I'm actually in Budapest, Hungary, where I'll be based for about the next five months now because the first month is pretty much over. From here, I'll also be traveling a bit around Europe. I'll also uh, be back in New York. And then maybe potentially I'm looking at Central America for a couple of weeks while I'm in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> and will these be places that you've already been to before or that might be new for you? So I'm going to a new city tomorrow here in Hungary, and I honestly don't even know how to say the name. I know it starts with an M. I've never been there before, so that'll be somewhere different, somewhere new. And the countries in Central America, I have not been to them yet before either, and they will be solo trips. So I'm pretty excited about that. I discovered you because of your social media, your Instagram profile, Latina Traveler, and I saw one of your reels. It caught my eye because I knew you were in San Francisco, so you're right here in the hometown. But it was a really clever one about capturing videos or pictures of yourself in these awesome places when you are a solo traveler. 
What's your tips on getting those captures as a solo traveler in these awesome places? Number one is having no shame. Know that you will never see these people ever again in your life. The probabilities of that happening are like, you know, like zero to one. You're never going to see them again. So talk to the camera, look at it, walk away. I like do poses, like clicking my remote control button, or I'm like walking back to hit the timer. I'm like, I'm never going to see these people again. So look a little cringe, but get a great photo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yes, because I think I have a hard time even taking a selfie because it's like, oh, my God, everyone's looking at me. And you're right. I'm never going to see them again. Yeah. So you've been doing this solo traveling intentionally as a business for how many years? Really only the idea started during the pandemic. I decided like I had already launched a blog before that. It didn't work out. I wasn't thrilled with the name. It just wasn't what I wanted. So when I saw Uh that actually Latina Traveler was available, I jumped on it. And I was like, this is what I've been looking for. And now I can actually do all the things that I wanted to, even though I was only stopping myself because of an age. So during the pandemic is when I decided, okay, I'm going to launch the blog. I want to go in on social media and start to really create a community and have my focus be towards Latinas. Um, Of course, anybody can benefit from what it is that I talk about and do, but there are some times where I do just throw Spanish in there or some cultural references that might only make sense to people that have a Latin background. That's really exciting. I say that is the silver lining of COVID, I think, is that everyone liberated themselves from their nine to five and said, what do I really want to do? And are being really successful at it because they're using their authentic self doing it. Are you seeing an increase of Latinas traveling So I feel like I see it much more online. I see more Latinas going to different places, moving to different places. But in my actual travels, I really still don't see that representation as much. So maybe we're just not going to the same places, but. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're all so curious. We go to different places, not ones that everyone else has been to. (laughs) Yeah. So before we get into more of this solo traveling that you do. Why don't we learn about your family and heritage? Of course. Yeah, my family is actually originally from Peru. Both my parents are from Lima. And from what I know, at least from the grandparents that I've met, they were also born in Peru. Um, that One of them was born in Buda, so northern Peru. And I think my great-grandparents might have more direct connections to France and Spain, but I never met them. And I don't fully know the history, (laughs) but I was born in the U.S., in New Jersey, and because my parents wanted my sister and I to be fluent in Spanish, we only spoke Spanish at home, which we pretty much do to this day, and so I ended up learning English in kindergarten. Oh, and do you recall how that was? Was that difficult to transition into school like that? The one thing I mainly remember is that I could not say that I needed to go to the bathroom that first day. That part was rough. (laughs) Wicked. That's wicked. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) And how was the diversity of the school for you then? Yeah, back then it was pretty diverse. Uh, We were living in Newark, New Jersey, so it was pretty close to New York. And so there were people from everywhere. We lived in that area until I was about 10 years old. And from there, we actually moved about an hour south in New Jersey and towards the Jersey Shore, 
where there the diversity really simmered down to just my sister and I. We were the diversity. Oh, gosh. Okay. Not the best time in a girl's life to be singled out. But did you have any cultural identity issues while you're going through that middle school, high school age? Yeah, um, it was definitely hard because obviously nobody looked like us. Everybody was blonde. Most people had like blue eyes and everything. So it was just like a different world, really. It was kind of shocking. I guess like reverse culture shock in a way or something like even <laughs> or just culture shock within New Jersey, which is crazy to think. Honestly, the whole experience for me was pretty terrible. So once it was over, I was so glad. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, it could be difficult, but it really gets exacerbated when you're singled out, when you're the only one. Oh. So how did you view being Peruvian here in the U.S.? I knew what it was like because I'd grown up going every year, but I knew that nobody knew where it was. People always thought I meant Puerto Rico or that it was oh, a God. part of Mexico. Like nobody could pinpoint where Peru was on a map. Huh. That's so discouraging. But, yeah, <laughs> so definitely. They didn't even know it was a country? Yeah, it was definitely like it just didn't exist. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's tricky. That had to be difficult for you. When did that shift or did you just ignore it and say, okay, whatever, that's that's on you, not me? Yeah, I mean, pretty much that's kind of the attitude that I took with it because I realized that I wasn't really going to convince anyone of anything differently. So it, it felt pretty lonely growing up in that sense because I just had nobody to have that connection with. You mentioned traveling back and forth to Peru every year. So did your family travel a lot when you were younger? For my parents, it was really important for us to know and be close to our family, like our extended family, even though we weren't physically close to them. Um, so yeah, so they really made an effort for my sister and I to go and spend our summers in Peru. And growing up, it was impossible for my parents to obviously do that. So they would either have my sister and I fly there on our own, um, and then they would meet us and we'd all fly back together towards like the end of our stay. We went to the rainforest, Cusco, Machu Picchu, like a lot of different places around the country. Wow. Um, or we'd also do a lot of road trips around the U.S. because a lot of my family did immigrate to different parts of the U.S., like California, Colorado, Florida. And so we would road trip a lot, which was nice when we could. And it was definitely a unique experience. Um, my parents at the time had a station wagon and they put the, the back down and put a mattress on top. And so my dad would drive and my sister and my mom and I would be in the back playing cards or sleeping <laughs> to be another thing. So it was, it was fun. I'm not a road trippy kind of girl. I think three hours mm -hmm. is my max road trip. Our longest was actually from Jersey to Colorado, which was about three days. Oh, wow. yeah. No. <laughs> At that point, I would say I'm on the plane. Yeah, ciao. I'll see you, I'll see you in a couple days. You traveling back and forth to Peru with your sister, did that maybe develop this sense of solo traveling? Because that's what you're known for right now, is you're a Latina sola traveler. What do you think about that? Honestly, I guess I never thought about it too much. I really always thought of my solo travel starting when I was 15. I mean, it does make sense. There were times, like, I remember when my sister's a year younger than me. So she was six and I was seven. And we were going to Peru, I believe that was the first time we went without our parents. And so we did the uh -huh. unaccompanied minor 
we had the flight attendant and everything walk us through everything. And because I was the oldest, I had to be in charge of like our passports, of like filling out the document that you had to at that time that now you can do digitally. But at the time you had to fill out the paperwork with like the names, who you're traveling with, like what you're bringing and stuff like that for customs. So yeah, I guess I did feel that responsibility at a young age and maybe it just made that transition later on in life to be a lot easier. At seven? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, see... These are the things we have to sit in in a moment because at the time you're like, okay, 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 I'll do this. But now you look back and you're going, seven? Yeah. That's so little. Yeah. So then what happened at 15 where you thought you were more the solo independent traveler? Oh, I didn't think that then either. It wasn't really until oh. years <laughs> later that I was like, I did that at 15. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what happened at 15? Tell us, tell us. Yeah. Um, so, of course, in Latin America, most people do um, quinceañeras. A lot of families tend to do that across the, the continent. And so my parents gave me the option of having a quinceañera or going on a three-week trip around Europe, like with a, it would be a group trip. So it'd be with other teens. And I opted for the trip around Europe. So, yeah, that was the first time I really went off completely somewhere new that I'd never been to before with people I didn't know that I met when I landed in Switzerland. Wow. Okay. You have this. This is in you. We got to figure out where this comes from. Like, there's got to yeah. be a life link who's so adventurous to just, no problem, go to a foreign country with nobody you know, <laughs> and you're 15. Ah, that's amazing. The summer right before my senior year, I spent it in Buenos Aires. Aside from speaking Spanish with my parents, I didn't really speak Spanish much at all. So my parents sent me with some of their family friends to Buenos Aires and I spent the summer there going to like Spanish university classes and my uh, parents' friends in Buenos Aires are actually Peruvian. So at their house, we also ate Peruvian food and everything. (laughs) Yeah, world's favorite food, Peruvian food. (laughs) <laughs> from two unbiased people. Yeah, oh, completely unbiased. <laughs> you had a deep immersion throughout your life of the culture. So tell us that moment when you thought, you know, I'm just going to do this for a living. I'm going to go for it. What was that like? So actually in 2013, I studied abroad in Paris. And so from there, I was able to go back to a lot of the places I'd been to six years prior. And that year was actually also the year I went to the first ever Women's Travel Fest in New York. And I learned about travel blogging because I was going to school in New York. I feel like that was definitely a changing moment for me. And yeah, this year is the 10th year and I will actually be helping run some things behind the scenes for that event. So it feels very full circle moment for me. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, you're being recognized as being one of these women world travelers. I didn't know there was such a conference. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, the 10th year, which is awesome. Um I won't be speaking. I'm hoping in the future to speak, but at least sure. helping run it is still feels like really awesome to be on that end of it. Do you know what kind of upswing there's been for women travelers over the course of those 10 years? Yeah, I think um, actually women travelers and women travel bloggers are really a big amount. Like when in 2013, I didn't think that that was even a thing, but that percentage has mm-hmm. actually really increased between then and now. 
a lot more women are willing to kind of take the reins of their own life and go out there and travel, especially travel solo, which I think is amazing. But the one thing I did notice that was a lot of these women travelers tended to be like American, but like, I guess more the stereotypical American when people think of Americans, Canadians, Europeans, and Australians, there was very mm. much a lack of black travelers, of, of Latina travelers, of Asian travelers doing the same things. And mm -hmm. because I already knew I didn't see myself represented in those spaces as it was in school and education, I wanted to create a space that was what I would have loved to look up to when I was younger. Yes, I was just going to say, because you had a more traveling experience as a family, but that's not very typical. Yeah. Now, usually a lot of Latina families don't have the time, the opportunity, the resources to travel like that. So I could see where um, two things, culturally, the mothers do not want their daughters traveling alone. Culturally, there's so many reasons they give you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's difficult for Latina coming to her own independence to go, okay, I do want to go travel alone, but I have no idea how to do it. Never been. I don't want to do it alone, but I want to go. Now, what would you suggest to her? Yeah. So I think I'm going to pull a little bit from like my own experience with that, like Having been born in the U.S., but having a Latina background can be a little confusing at times because you're trying to kind of maneuver two spaces and two completely different cultures while staying maybe in a way true to what your family moved to the U.S. for while also trying to integrate yourself with this new group of friends. And it's it's challenging. Mm -hmm. It really can be. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day... Um, I think it's also super important to be true to what you want out of your life because it's still our own individual lives. And it may take a lot of difficult conversations. Even to this day, actually, whenever I'm in the U.S., I feel guilty about not staying with my parents. Like, and I just turned 31. But that's very oh. much a cultural thing where... I know mm -hmm. if I were to move back and I didn't have to leave New Jersey or where my parents lived, that I would feel guilty about not living there. And it, it's <laughs> because it's just so ingrained in the culture mm -hmm. that I get yes. that. But at the same time, I've had to have multiple conversations with my parents <laughs> to let them know that my life isn't in New Jersey. My life isn't yeah. just there. And it is hard to have those talks. I think a lot of internal prep goes into those talks before you have them. But at the end of the day, your happiness is still really important and needs to be valued and needs an opportunity to shine. I love that. Yes. And that needs to be brought forward every generation. So if someone is wanting to go ahead and like, I'm going to go, I'm going to take it on, I'm going to go, but she hasn't traveled outside of maybe her immediate area. Do you have any suggestions of where might be a good place to start with the solo traveling? Yeah, I think like a lot of times people think that you have to go halfway across the world to travel solo, but really you can go to the state over or um, just even in the same state, but maybe like a couple hours away. It doesn't have to be far. I don't think mm. that the first trip should be super exotic, super intimidating because if it is then that could really discourage someone from not wanting to do it again because it's completely out of their comfort zone 
I think it's important mm. to get out of it in a way that is still slightly comfortable as you're kind of transitioning into maybe doing those farther away trips. But that mm -hmm. first one shouldn't be so completely out there that now you're just going to be completely afraid and you're not going to want to do anything. It's better to start small. <laughs> true, true. So what was your adventure? Let's call it the exotic adventure when you were starting to solo travel outside of your comfort zone. What was that place? Where did you go? Yeah, I think the first place that I felt the most out of my comfort zone was when I went to Egypt. Mm. And that was four years ago. <laughs> oh, wow. I think Recent. Before okay. then, yeah, before then I felt pretty comfortable because I was traveling a lot in Latin America. Um, so speaking Spanish definitely helped a lot or it was around Europe. And the other places I had been to that maybe if I'd gone to on my own might have been differently, Morocco and Senegal or China. Um, but because I'd gone there with other people, it didn't feel that way. But Egypt was the first place I went to that I didn't know anybody. It's actually funny, um, on Twitter earlier today, I posted a photo in front of the pyramids because I have one. My dad just went a couple weeks ago and my grandma went about 30 years ago. And we all have very similar photos. Oh, I love that. Okay. That's going to be in your book. <laughs> Family photo, yeah, the trilogy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Three generations in the same location. Oh, that's witchy yeah. powers. That's a, the Peruvian witchy powers there. Wow. That's awesome. So when did you or did you ever have a moment when you're doing solo traveling and you're loving the adventure? Was there a place where... You got to and you thought, oh, I made a mistake. I don't want to be here. Yeah, actually, um, when I was in Colombia, I decided to go to Colombia by myself. I booked a one-way ticket to Medellin. I quit my job <laughs> that I had oh. at the time. So I took my backpack that I had gotten that Christmas beforehand, packed it up and set off to Colombia. I knew I was going to be in Colombia for at least a month or so, and then I was going to go to Panama. This was before really, you know, travel credit cards were a thing, before Wi-Fi was too much of a thing. So I took money in cash oh. because I thought that, you know, that would be a good idea. I just <laughs> go around with an envelope with of cash. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely nothing happened. Like, that wasn't even the bad part, actually. Like, that was totally fine. And I don't know what it was about Cali. The second I arrived in the bus station, I, I don't know, something fell off. Yeah, I call it witchy powers. Like, you just know. You don't need an explanation. Yeah, you just yeah. know. So speaking of that, is there a way to go solo traveling if you're on a real limited resource, limited money, limited budget? Can you still really have a great yeah. time doing the solo traveling? I think for sure, definitely. Because you don't need to have a lot to do a lot. Um, because I feel like with solo travel or just travel in general, it should be more about like the experiences, like the interactions that you have with the people that you're meeting where you're going. Like I know if you go certain places, like let's say Cappadocia in Turkey, like everyone's always talking about the hot air balloon rides, which... I think look amazing. I've never done it before mm. yet. That's just one experience that is more of like that bigger bucket list type thing. But when I think about other 
interactions that I've had with people when I'm on the road or things that I learn about the country that I'm in, the city that I'm visiting, those things that you literally can't have anywhere else don't cost Mm. anything. Now there's actually so many different platforms and applications that exist that like help you minimize those costs even more like too good to go it's an app that you can download i know it works in the u.s and spain i think a lot of like western europe it does i think it's three or five dollars or euros um depending on where you are and you get like a bag of food you don't know what you're gonna get but you just get food that would have been thrown away I did it in New York actually once because I was like, New York is expensive to eat. We're going to plan ahead and we're going to know we're going to be in this area so that we're going to get a meal for $5. So we did that. Wow. And it's called Too Good To Go. Too Good To Go. Yeah. So is this coming from restaurants that have too much food? Restaurants, bakeries, pizzerias, a lot of places that are doing it. Oh, I'm going to check that out. What's mm-hmm. another favorite app you use when you're traveling? Yeah. Um, so there's also World Packers where you can uh, volunteer at like hostels. You can volunteer at like different places. And in exchange for that, you get free accommodation. So normally it's about 20 hours or so a week and you get free accommodation at the place that you're staying at. Sometimes that also includes like maybe free breakfast or maybe free lunches. Really depends on the experience. But that is also another possibility. It cuts down on accommodation, which always ends up being a big cost. Another one for accommodation would be trusted house sitters. That one is usually like you're, somebody is going away and they don't want to leave their house empty or they have pets that need to be taken care of. So like you can come in and stay there for free and take care of their pets or sometimes there's no pets. So there's definitely lots of ways now to be able to do it at a much more reduced cost, even if you don't have a lot. For that, you may have to already have an idea of like where it is that you're going to be visiting or for like how long you can go, um, just because those house sits and things like that may have certain timeframes. But there's definitely possibilities on how to reduce costs when you travel. What would you share with the Latinas who are wanting to travel? What's the most exciting part about it? I think the most exciting part is that you really get to learn about yourself. You really, in those moments when you're by yourself traveling, where you have to make all of these decisions and do everything for yourself, you don't have to really depend or consider or anything, anybody else's thoughts on your actions. So I know like a lot of times growing up, I felt this pressure like for my mom to like sit a certain way, dress a certain way, look a certain way compose myself in a certain way but Mm -hmm. during these moments I didn't have to do any of that I could literally be the person I wanted to be and did you know who you were before you went on these solo travels because a lot of times we don't realize who our authentic self is because we have been growing up under this understanding of following cultural rules yeah no I definitely didn't I've started to learn the more I've done trips on my own. Even like I said a little while ago, whenever I do go back home, it's like I turn into not a different person, but I definitely notice that those cultural norms like do come back up. It's not like they just fully go away the longer you've been Mm -hmm. away. No, no. Mom is la reina forever until (laughs) until that last breath. (laughs) What were you most surprised by? For yourself, when a part of your personality came out that you didn't realize you had or that had been used before? 
Yeah, that's a good question, actually. I don't think I've sat down to think that too much. So I will be journaling this. <laughs> In my family, and even up until this day, the majority of my family really feels like I'm shy. And that is the person that they see me as. Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, yeah. And no. What cultural norm are you returning to? Okay. Wow, speak to this. <laughs> Tell me more. Growing up, I just got this like major social anxiety of when it came to talking about things, like being too open or like honest about what I thought about things or how I felt. And when I traveled solo, like I didn't have to be that person that people thought I already was. Like I could just voice my opinions. I could just say what I want. And I think that's something that I love about social media in a way because I'm able to show that side of myself that I feel is more me than the other side. Like I know I'm still an introvert. I like having my alone time doing things on my own and I recharge when I'm by myself, but I don't see myself as shy anymore. On a poll that I did on my Instagram a while back where I asked my followers to like um, describe me in three words, one of my cousins actually put shy. And I was like, that's so funny that you still see me that way. And everyone else was putting adventurous and outgoing and like all of these other things that were the complete opposite. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. Isn't that interesting? So... Solo traveling isn't just about liberating yourself from your known and your comfort zone and where you grew up. Solo traveling is liberating your true self. Yeah. You're able to come out without any cultural norms or any cultural rules making you hesitate and think twice. And I think mm -hmm. that might be um, where shyness comes in, is you yeah. hesitate. It's like, exactly. should I say this? Am I allowed to say this? Will I get in trouble for saying this? For sure. Yeah. And I think it's like, because it's your family, you're thinking, well, I'm going to have to see them again. I have to talk to them again. I think that was really it. Okay. We're having like a whole therapy breakdown now. Yes. <laughs> Bring it. Bring it out. Let's have it. Right? Yeah. I think that honestly, that probably is true. Cause like I would be too worried about what saying the wrong thing that I'm like, it's better to just not say anything at all. Okay. I did the same thing. How old was I? 43? I always wanted to go to Patagonia and I knew I could not tell my mother because mm. I was going with a friend of mine, but he was male. Mm. And there was no way I was a single mom with two teenage daughters. There was no way I was going to let her know that I'm going to Patagonia, climbing glaciers with a guy friend. Wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So I didn't she tell her, but she found out. Oh, how did she find <laughs> out? <laughs> well, my daughters were intervening the calls and talk about no Wi-Fi because of the winds and the satellites get blown around. So you don't really have strong Wi-Fi. So you mm -hmm. don't have access and cell phones were really weak. This is 2006, I think. Mm -hmm. and, and so I get this email when I finally could get service I get this email from the daughters and it's basically mom Grammy knows she's coming to the house we're so busted I'm like oh oh she thought that you were at home so she called the girls and said I want to talk to your mom 
And they would say, oh, she's at the grocery store or she's in the shower or she'll call you back. And in the meantime, they were trying to call me in Patagonia, mm-hmm. but I couldn't get through. And so finally, my mom says, <laughs> you'll appreciate this. And my mom was like tiny. <laughs> and she's like, don't lie to me, <laughs> to my daughters. Don't you lie to Abuelita. Oh, boy, my mother did not talk to me for six months. If I had let that interrupt me from going to Patagonia, I may never have gone because the opportunity didn't present itself again. Exactly. Sometimes some things are just have to be done in the moment. So there are 197 countries in the world. Yeah. Does that sound right? I think it's about 197. Are you planning to go to all 197? 100%. That is definitely <laughs> my goal. Yes, every country, every continent, and then every state, every U.S. state. Oh, wow. I'm at 32, so I'm almost there. I'm like more than halfway. <laughs> so if you're going to go to all 197 countries and all of the states, what's going to be like the last country, the I planted my flag on the world country? No, actually, I haven't thought about that too much. I'm trying to really do it in a way where maybe it just makes the most sense. So I'm just trying to find ways of doing it for either cheaper or for free or to get paid to do it. So there's not one specifically that I necessarily think of as being the last. Is it difficult to get visas to enter countries? Have you come up against that, wanting to go to a country but not being able to get in? And I think having both passports definitely helps a lot because like Mm. Russia, I know as a U.S. citizen, you need a a visa, but as Peruvian, you don't. And I think there's like a couple countries like that, too. For the most part, U.S. gives you access to most, but I've seen that there's a few that with my Mm -hmm. Peruvian one, I don't need one. Where can our listeners learn more about this solo traveling? Do you have a website, a blog? Yeah, definitely. Um, I have a, a blog, uh, latinatraveler.com. It's traveler with two L's. So it's like the British way. I'm trying to get that one L1 to be mine too. <laughs> so that is the goal this year. And then I also have like social media, like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all Latina Traveler. But I'm also um, trying to pick up again my podcast this year. I feel like I'm oh. just spread too thin, but I'm trying to do it all. <laughs> I could see you doing a live podcast, listening to you as you're walking through one of your locations and just describing what it's like for us, because so much of what we're doing, we can't separate ourselves and watch the video. Yeah. But if we're doing something and we can hear you talk about, oh, look what's in this bakery window and describing what you saw, or, you know, I'm on a mountaintop and I'm looking down the valley, that would be really cool. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. I hadn't thought about that. I actually started recording little mini minutes of um, a road trip that I did with my sister. So every day I would record like a couple of minutes of things that we were doing or that we had done um, to Mm kind of keep it like a a vlog, but like a podcast vlog. (laughs) Yeah, but I never thought of doing it, I guess, like in the actual moment. When listeners go to your blog, what are they learning from your blog? Are you giving them tips, advice? Do you have extended sessions or anything? 
Yeah. So I have like experiences. So I have like my solo travel experiences, like maybe things that happened that may be unexpected, but like in a good way, like helpful strangers and good situations. I do want to start including like a bit of like things to be wary of. I did write a post about me taking $2,000 to Columbia in cash. So <laughs> that one is there. Um, things Still that you not a good do. idea. <laughs> no, no, no. Things that you shouldn't do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But my solo experiences, as well as like tips on like places to go that might not be as popular. I love writing about off the beaten path locations um, that aren't, you know, as mainstream that actually get the most hits on Google. So that's working, I guess. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Probably get canceled for saying this, but I feel like Instagram ruined the world for us, right? Yeah. And it's different. It's different than your grandmother, father, and you being in the same location. I mean, honestly, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I love taking pictures and everything, but I'm literally seeing the same things over and over again. And then everyone being like, oh, I want to go do that exact same thing. And I'm like, okay. So now I can just see right? you doing that same thing too. Since I was living in Barcelona for so many years, I wrote a guide actually with off the beaten path places in Barcelona that aren't as popular or as visited because I want to help spread the tourism. My master's in tourism, that was actually one of the biggest things we talked about was over tourism in locations, particularly Barcelona. So since doing that, I started to kind of see tourism a little differently in that we're all just doing a lot of the same things and it's good for us and for the places that we visit to kind of spread ourselves around and not just go from A to B to C, but maybe throw in Z or D or F <laughs> or, you know, whatever, <laughs> like not just the typical spots. Yeah, because then those main spots also start attracting an outside influence that isn't necessarily true to the country. And I'm no. not talking immigration. I'm talking about commercialism. Oh, yeah. And so maybe if you're going to different smaller towns or different areas, regions where people don't go, you might be getting a little peek back maybe 30, 40 years ago, what it was like everywhere in that country. So then where do you see yourself taking your business? Yeah. So because of all of these cultural norms that exist and all of these things that we've pretty much been talking about this whole time that may keep us from taking that step in traveling solo, I'm actually, I want to launch, um, still not fully sure how I'm going to call it. I will come up with a great name, I'm sure. <laughs> but <laughs> I want to launch a service where I will be able to help these Latinas who may not have that support from family or from friends, um, but that do feel that calling to travel solo. And I will be that amiga helping them through the planning stages, helping them through like the actual trip as somebody who they can text if they need to, call if they need to. Because I've already been traveling so much and I have been meeting people over the years, like I've also started to create a network and it'd be great to even put um, these Latinas in contact with these other travelers that I've met. Even if they don't meet up, at least you have their number, at least you have their name, mm -hmm. at least you know, you know somebody there that just that helps a lot. So having somebody who you trust to like assist you in this way, in this case, me, to help more Latinos really take that step and, and go for it. That's really valuable. That does take away a lot of fear, just knowing you have a point of contact that you can trust, that you know of already. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I like that. You're going to hit all 197 countries. 
Is there another want out there, another wish, another, I hope this happens in my lifetime? Yeah, I would love to eventually once my business is much more established and I maybe don't have to invert as much time into it to certain things, I would love to, um, especially in the U.S., maybe because I was born there and even if I may not want to live there, there are so many ideas that I have for things that I want to do specifically um, for immigrant families and for Latino families, but just immigrant families also in general, just because I lived that experience um, to help travel, e even if it's within the U.S., I want to learn more about what it's like to be undocumented and how you can still potentially travel with that, even if it's only within the country. I was never undocumented, but I've read so many stories and I know that that is a complete struggle. And I don't think that that should have to deter someone from being able to do something that they're interested in. And I want to find a way to be able to help with that. That's definitely a dream that I've had. Yeah. Wow. That is a soulful dream. There comes the Latina love of people, you know, passionate, wanting to care, empathy, all the things wrapped up in that, that we dedicate some part of us, whether it's business or, or just ourselves, to ensuring that other people share a good life. Yeah. That they're taken care of. That's a beautiful story. Flavia, thank you so, so much for sharing your time with us and sharing this invaluable information that must be on your blog. And I love your social media. I, I think you. it's funny and fresh and very genuine. And you are a very courageous traveler. The visuals are amazing, but your personality comes screaming out of it. And I love it. Oh, thank you so much. That, that really means a lot. Because sometimes I feel like, you know, people can like something, but you don't really get that feedback or anything. So that, that really means a lot. Oh, I have to get on there and comment then. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I found you. I commented, you're in San Francisco. I wish I knew I'd have you on the episode. So it worked. <laughs> that's right? true. That's true. Right? right. And now we're here. <laughs> yeah. And it was talking about how you put your phone in your shoe in order to capture the shot. And I'm like, this girl's hilarious. I want to talk to her. <laughs> Continued safe travels on all your journeys. And we will definitely be checking you out on the Latina Traveler social media that you have. Because that's where all the good visuals are. But also reading through the blog, I'm curious. That's going to send me down a really deep rabbit hole. So we will make sure that your social media that you talked about and your website are linked to your episode. They will be in the show notes of the episodes in the description. And then we'll have a article synopsis of the episode. So if people can take a quick perusal and go, oh, okay, cool. Here's how I find your Bing. So in case they don't have time to catch the whole episode, we make sure that uh, you people know where to find you, even though you keep moving, <laughs> they know where to find you, right? Yeah, it's kind of like the catch me if you can thing. I, I normally never post where I am just for safety reasons as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's another good tip. Yeah, as a solo traveler, I tend to post maybe a day after or even hours after I've left a location. I don't like to post exactly where I am. Oh, gosh, I never heard that one before. Okay, note to self. So it's not that hyper vigilant, I got to put it on my story right now. No, no, I like never post in the moment because I also want to live in the moment. I, I like to live in the moment. And that's why I travel because I, I want to experience things. I don't want to be glued to my phone, even though it feels like I am. 
thank you so, so very much. I really appreciate you taking the time out of a very grand and adventurous life to share these amazing tips and information and encouragement for Latina travelers to step outside their comfort zone, step outside the cultural norms and rules, and just go liberate themselves, see who they are when they're outside yeah. of that. No, thank you so much, Consuelo. I'm so glad that we did this. Thank you for, for leaving that comment. This is what I love social media about, like, because it leads to amazing moments like this. So thank you so much. Oh, great. You're welcome. Yes, from one Peruvian to the other, although I'm Arequipa. <laughs> we love you. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you started packing your bags to jump on your first solo trip with Flavia Cornejo, founder of Latina Traveler, a travel-based company encouraging and guiding Latinas to get out in the world and live their true selves. Wasn't that amazing? I think even Flavia had some aha moments. I tell you, that's why we do this podcast. To be in discussion that inspires something inside you to break free and live out loud, amigas. I would love to meet up with Flavia in one of these 197 countries and just live life large in the moment. Be sure to subscribe to the Lifelinks podcast by pressing follow or subscribe on your favorite streaming platform so you don't miss out on Latinas in the know who want to share their insights with you. Remember to check out our website at thelinks.com where we have the articles of our guests that highlight the episode and links to everything you heard here today. You can catch reels on our Instagram at lifelinks that capture great moments in the episode that speak to the unique personality of our guests and the power they want to pass on to you. Join us next week for our Pod Club episode when we pull out the gems of Flavia's solo traveling ideas to really dive deep into the concept. Where's the first place you would venture off to? Would it still just be a few hours from home? Or would you just take that giant leap and just hang on for anything that might happen? Or would you try that $5 dinner bag from too good to go. I think I'm going to try it over in San Francisco. I'm going to see what it's like. I'm excited to see what you have in mind. Share it with us on our Instagram. Look for those questions on our Instagram stories and step into your truth, ladies, as a solo traveler. Ciao. Really appreciate the time you take to rate and review the podcast. Get the backstory and what you've heard here today and reach out to us at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Because it's about time, it's about us. Stay in the groove on our social media at Lifelinks and get ready to make your move, ladies. Viva!